Welcome to the Heart and Home Podcast. We're your hosts, Shannon and Ashley, and we're here to connect with you on all things related to parenting and marriage and everything in between. We want to try and shed some light on how all the normal pieces of our lives can be impacted by mental health and just try and provide some solidarity and community. We're so glad you're here. Thanks for joining us. Okay, so today we're going to give you guys a little summary of our backgrounds, tell you what inspired us to kind of start this podcast. My name is Shannon. I am a wife and a mom of four. Re- recently, we moved out to the country and we are actually in the process of building, I would say, like a small farm. We have horses, two horses, two dogs, some chickens, and now two adorable little kittens. Ashley and I actually have kitten relatives. Yeah, I have Puff. She has Oreo and Cookie. And Cookie, yes. They're like six weeks, eight weeks old. I think mine's like a week older. I think mine's like nine weeks, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So it's nice having them around, especially because we are, you know, have this barn and there's always that potential for mice. So that's kind of why we brought them into our little family. My husband might not be in agreement with me. He's actually, they're warming up to him, I think. I mean, my kitten's in the house and my husband definitely is not on board, but he's there. I mean, how can you not love kittens? (laughs) So currently we actually live inside of our barn. Uh, We're building our house. My husband's a builder. And so it's been interesting. And what's even more interesting is Ashley and I just met like not that long ago. Mm -hmm. So we'll kind of talk a little bit more about that too. Um, So most of my life I've worked in the dental field. Um, On the side, I've started taking up a hobby of food blogging and book writing. And now I guess podcasting. I am the writer behind the blog Faith Food Farm, and recently I released my first book, A Healthy Balance. I'm really excited to be here today. I I can't wait to see where this journey takes us, and yeah, this is going to be a good time. My name is Ashley, so I'm a mom of three. I have an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, and a two-year-old, and I can actually see Shannon's roof from my window. (laughs) She got kind of airdropped into my backyard, Mm -hmm. Um, so I spend a lot of the day staring at her horses (laughs) and waiting for her to ride so I can come over here and bother her. You don't have to wait. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So a little bit of my background. So I actually met my husband, Daniel, when we were 15. We met in the weight room in high school um, and basically got married as kids. We were 19 when we got engaged, 21 when we got married. So he's been with me for over half my life. Um, I have been a women's health nurse in some capacity for the last 10 years. Uh, seven and a half of it, I was in labor and delivery, which has always been my passion. That's that's what I have loved. Um, but recently, I left nursing to man the home front. Uh, my husband owns his own sort of semi-construction company, I guess, kind of like your husband. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am at home with my kids right now. And then on the side, I have a million side gigs Um, My husband always tells me I'm the queen of side gigs, so I kind of dabble in art. I love to paint murals. I have uh, sort of a photography interest, story writing. My husband would tell you that my main hobby is going bankrupt at Target. And now (laughs) me and Shannon have found this interest in podcasting. So here we are. Well, you're... You're so artistic. I mean, I, I know I've just been sharing some of your murals and things like that. Like, it's it's incredible, the stuff that you're doing. So I love it. Yeah, I love art. That's definitely kind of my outlet. That was my mom's thing, too, growing up was she was an artist. And so I inherited that knack. And my kids are little art geeks, too. So it's fun. It's awesome. So when I first met Ashley, 
I mean, I knew she was going to be an awesome neighbor and friend, but I had no idea that we shared this passion. I guess we have lots of different things we enjoy the same of. We both love yeah. horses. Yeah. And you know a lot more about horses than I do, which is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Super helpful. No, that will be ever-changing. We also both have your daughter's a fourth grader and mine's a third grader, so that's cool. Yes, definitely. And also what's just kind of a fun fun fact is that we all have white cars, like your husband and you have white cars, <laughs> we have white cars, and we're building the same color like house. Yep. So Out here on Hughes Acres. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, um, yeah, it's just, it was really cool when we met. We kind of just knew, and then we started just talking about um, some of our passions and things we wanted to do. And I know you asked, you asked me about, like, starting a blog, and I said, well, funny you say that because mm-hmm. I've been wanting to start a podcast, but I wanted to find someone to do it with because I did try doing this at first by myself. And I'll, I'll be honest, like, talking to yourself is just not that fun. It's hard to carry on a conversation when you're the only one there. <laughs> Absolutely. So, And it just didn't feel as, as natural, honestly. So mm-hmm. I wanted to do something where, you know, it was raw and real and you could just have a conversation. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff that Ashley and I want to talk about, we actually have never talked about, like, offline. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's going to be really nice that, um, you know, the authenticity of, of us talking and, like, getting to know each other. Yeah. And then, you know, our listeners as well. Yeah. So I would say that... I've always wanted to do something more than I do daily inspiration on my blog and I I like doing that um, because I always want to try to reach people that you know maybe they just need to hear like an uplifting thought or you know something maybe they're going through a hard time and and just if they happen to come across you know one of my quotes maybe it changes something I don't know you know and I but I wanted to do more and that's kind of where the the podcast idea sort of stemmed from um I remember when I mentioned it to you, you were like, I don't do you think you even hesitated for like a second. <laughs> no, I was so, this is always something that I've wanted to do. I'm always um, a proponent for, you know, mental health and just listening to people's stories. And, you know, that's one of the reasons I became a nurse is because I, I love people. And so when this was something you approached me with, I was like, heck yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we're both we're both from a healthcare background, me being in dental and you being in nursing. Um, obviously, neither one of us are psychologists and we don't <laughs> pretend to be. We're really just, you know, moms here that want to have conversations about life stuff. And, you know, we'll each week, I guess, we'll kind of decide what topics we want to hone in on. Um, but I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited too. Let's do it. For sure. So, ironically, today happens to be the 30th anniversary since the passing of my dad. And he's truly the reason and the purpose behind everything I do, like in terms of my blogging and my book writing and the inspirational stuff. And, you know, I know at some point we'll dive a little further into the topic of depression, so I'll save some of this story for a later episode. But the short version is he did end up losing his battle to depression in November of 1991, on November 19th. And being a child of someone with mental illness and watching them struggle is a whole other topic. And again, we can re- we can elaborate on that at a separate point. But he was just such a loving and amazing person and someone that everyone always like wanted to be around. And so it was something that you would never expect when you met him. And he was such a great father. I just, you know, I wish he could have seen that in himself. Yeah, I think that's a good point that mental health looks so different for everybody and you just you never know what people are struggling with from the outside because there's just so many differences from people to people what it what it looks like and how you cope so 
Yeah, that's interesting that you say that about your dad. Cause... And I think, obviously, more often than not, people don't come forward and say, like, this is what I'm dealing with. Yeah. And so it's such a, there's that stigma still. And I, you know, I had hoped that 30 years later we would be seeing a progress in that. And unfortunately, you know, I don't know that we've moved away from that stigma. Like, yeah. people still peg people as, oh, they have a mental health you know, issue, they have this going on. And it's like, I don't know, that to me is such a sensitive subject because obviously I've lived it and yeah. it's tough. Yeah. And I, I think that there, you know, you, you clearly loved your dad and you're protective of his image in mm -hmm. that way. And so you just, you want so badly for people to see him as the guy that you know him as and and your dad and not for that event that eventually took his life so exactly and I think that's why for so many years I never wanted to talk about it because I didn't want it's not that I didn't want to talk about him because my memory of him is actually all positive mm -hmm. because I mean it was 13 years of life that I only ever got to be with him but it was 13 years of you know fun and lots of laughing and mm -hmm. you know he was a wonderful dad and I think he definitely hit a lot of his struggles from me um which you know I, I feel bad about because I wish he could have been more honest about mm -hmm. it um I'm not sure what that would have done for me as a child but you know at the same time like I just feel bad that he struggled so much alone but as a mom I think that I I can kind of understand that now thinking that like you you don't want your kids to see that you're struggling and right. But thinking about it, you know, maybe it is good that they see that it's okay to have real feelings and to open up about it and talk about it. And, right. And my dad is totally my person. So when you talk about your dad, that, that makes me feel like, I don't know, just that, you know, I loved him so much and, or I love him so much and that um, I just, you know, I would do anything for him to make sure that, you know, he was feeling okay. And, and as a right. child, I don't know how I would have done anything different or how you would have done anything different, but. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm an only child. So I think that even kind of made it harder because I didn't have siblings to lean on during that time. And my, um, my mom and I got really close and we're still to this day, like very, very close. Um, which is also, it's, it's wonderful, but it's sometimes also a bit scary because, you know, she's, she's my person and she's mm -hmm. really kind of become my, you know, until I became a mother and started a family of my own, she was kind of my everything. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I've had to cope with a lot of the um, anxiety of losing a parent and the anxiety of just losing a loved one in general over the years. But I think that, you know, obviously this is what my inspiration is behind this podcast. I know we'll talk about so many different topics along the way and it won't all be, you know, depression or or mental health always related. But I think that it all kind of circles back, though, right, mm -hmm. to some of the things that we deal with that people just don't want to talk about. Yeah, and I mean, like, what a homage to pay to your dad that on this particular day, <sighs> 30 years later, that you're starting this podcast. That's really amazing. That is. I never thought I would be, but I'm really happy to be here. So my discovery, I guess, of mental health is kind of multifaceted. Honestly, there wasn't one traumatic event that happened to me um, that that triggered that I needed help with my mental health um, or that inspired me to, to talk about it. But it, it was more of a bunch of events that just kind of led up to a breaking point. Mm. Um, so, you know, when I was little, everybody always told me I was a worrier. 
I worry about everything. I still worry about everything. Uh, I've, I've tried to <laughs> become a more um, just go with the flow person, but it's just not really my personality. And I think it wasn't until I was in my late 20s that I realized there was a difference between being a worrier and having like a clinically diagnosed anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the beginning of when I kind of made this discovery, I was doing a surrogacy for a friend. Um, I have had had two babies at this point. She's one of my best friends. Her name is Courtney, and she just couldn't have babies on her own. So we decided that I would be a surrogate for her. That was always something that was written in my heart. I always wanted to be a surrogate, um, not necessarily for somebody I knew, but I just I don't know. I have always just wanted to hand somebody their baby. Um, and it was just when she approached me about it, or maybe I approached her, I can't even remember. Um, it was really exciting because I, I wanted to do it for somebody I knew at that point. And so we did two embryo transfers that unfortunately didn't work. She had three embryos. So we transferred the last embryo down to a clinic in Chicago And that one ended up working. So we were pregnant and so excited. Um, I can just remember that period of my life just being so joyful and so happy that we had worked for so long. The hormones and stuff you have to take (laughs) with with surrogacy, are they're really hard. And my husband is not a medical guy, bless his heart. So he was not doing those injections for me. My daughter, who was three at the time would sit at the kitchen table and watch me do them. And now she wants to be a veterinarian. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but um, yeah, so that transfer worked and um, it was, it was just a really fun time. I look back on, on that chapter and just remember how happy and excited we both were Um, like two weeks, three weeks, maybe into my pregnancy, Um, this completely separate event happened. And so for whatever reason, I have always had a lot of anxiety about somebody kidnapping my kids. I don't know if you have (laughs) that. Yeah, I've had dreams, like I've had actual dreams about it. Mm -hmm. And then you wake up and you're like, oh my God, you know, you look for your kids and you're like, okay, everything's good. Yes. Yeah, I don't know where that stemmed from because I've never like had an experience as a child or anything. Um, But every time I would lose sight of my kids in public, my heart would start racing and I get sweaty. So I was at a park. I don't know if you've ever been in a good dream park. Yes. Yeah. So they're kind of hard to keep track of your kid in because they're like wood castles. I was with there with my friend Sarah, who was actually my friend that um, we started an Instagram page about mental health. It's called Dandelion Darlings. Um, yeah. And so I was there with her. She was very pregnant with her third. And then we both had toddlers there and we both had three-year-olds there and Amelia went missing. Um, that's my now eight-year-old, but she was three at the time. I could not find her. And after a few minutes, I had really arrived in my head that she was gone, that somebody had taken her. Um, I was sprinting laps around this park, screaming her name and None of the other moms helped me. They all just kind of watched me run around and nobody stopped and said, like, what does she look like? What is she wearing? Um, And that to this day, I still look back on that and think, like, I wish if if that was me watching somebody, I hope I would do better. I hope I would help them because clearly that's a mom in crisis mode. For sure. Um, So I... 
I was looking for her and the, the one thing that stuck out to me in my head that for whatever reason I could not stop obsessing about was I could not remember what the parking lot looked like when I got there. And how would we ever find out who took her if we didn't know what car was gone? And that seems like a weird thing to be obsessing about in your head. But even mm -hmm. now, when I think about that parking lot, it, it makes my heart race trying to like map it out in mm -hmm. my head. That's horrible. Yeah. So we found her. <laughs> she, was, she? she was in the sandbox. Oh my gosh. And um, I was crying and I scooped her up onto my lap and I said, Amelia, didn't you hear me screaming? And she said, yeah. <laughs> so how long did this whole thing like? Probably five minutes. Okay. And but to it, you, it felt like. It felt like hours. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we found her and all was fine. But that really triggered this like spiral of anxiety with going anywhere with my kids and wanting to stay home and just like not being able to take them into public. So then about two two weeks later, I was at work, um, and again, I was a labor and delivery nurse, so we have all sorts of equipment. We have Dopplers and, um, or Doptones and ultrasounds and those kind of things, so I was going to send Courtney a Snapchat of her baby's heart rate, so I was Doptoning myself, and I couldn't find the heartbeat, um, which I was like 10 and a half weeks at that time, so it's not super uncommon, but I had found it before. We've had several ultrasounds that look great. So I went and I found one of my good friends that was a doctor and asked her to ultrasound me just for peace of mind, sure. essentially. So we went in a triage room and she ultrasounded and she just basically said, I'm so sorry, the baby is gone. Um, and I, I remember just feeling just shattered yeah. and then having to put my game face back on and go help somebody else deliver their beautiful baby that oh, night. Um, and knowing that I had to call Courtney in the morning on Mother's Day no and way. tell her that after like this years long process of trying to get her baby that it was over and that that was the last embryo and she had already made her announcements and it was it really also kind of robbed my joy in my job for a long time because I just I didn't want to be a part of people's labor and delivery. Sure. I can see that. <laughs> yeah. So I was like coming off of this weird uh, period where I had developed all this anxiety about my kids. And now, um, you know, I had always struggled with anxiety, but depression wasn't really part of my story until that point. Um, yeah. And then coming off of all those hormones and, you know, the ones I was taking for the surrogacy and the ones from the pregnancy and um, I was in a really dark place and my husband came home one day from work and his mom was there and he said, my mom's going to watch the kids. We're leaving town. I'm really afraid you're going to hurt yourself. So we're, we're leaving and we're just going to go just spend some time and figure out where we go from here. And so we didn't, I can't even remember what, we, I think we went to like this janky motel in the Dells. I don't, <laughs> we just like drove and ended up somewhere. Um, he packed my bag for me, which was really nice, but like the man cannot yeah, pack a bag. <laughs> um, yeah. So like he brought my entire jewelry cabinet oh. for some reason, because he said, I didn't know, he didn't know what kind of jewelry I'd wear. And I said, well, first of all, I don't wear jewelry. And second of all, <laughs> where are we going to go that right, I need right. to wear jewelry? So, um, but that weekend was really just 
tell telling for me that okay I need I need help and I need this is not an okay place to live mentally um, and so that was the point where I went and got help and started meds and started talk therapy and it's not a perfect science it is an ongoing thing yeah I still deal with a lot of guilt and blame from the surrogacy that I know is not my fault, but it's just something that's hard to let go in my head. Um, But I'm like finally at a point and was so excited when you came to me about this podcast where I just felt like I wanted to share my story and um, just provide a space for other people to share their stories. And I always said, you know, if we can help one person, that's all we want. And everyone after that is a bonus. I 100% agree with that. I, that's how I've been feeling with everything I've done, you know, my book and, and my blog and any of the inspirational stuff I've, I've done up to this point. And then moving forward with our podcast, I just, you know, if you, even if it reaches one person Mm -hmm. and touches them in a way that they can, you know, leave feeling like they've learned something or they feel something, that's Mm -hmm. what matters to me. And um, honestly, like, so I haven't heard this story at all. We have never. No, talked I about have these never things. heard about her dad either. So, and it's crazy because, well, first of all, surrogacy is in itself such an emotional mm-hmm. thing, and what a beautiful gift to give someone, and says a lot about you, Ashley, like as a person. <laughs> um, tugs at my heartstrings. I can't even imagine what that had to be like for you going through that time. Um, and I'm sure your friend is forever grateful for what you did. Yeah. I mean, it, we definitely have a, um, a, a unique relationship, I think, because of it. Uh, I was actually just at her house this past week and I painted a mural in her foster son's room, um, who she is in the process of adopting. So, you know, it, I'm not a person that feels like everything happens for a reason. I think that some things just suck. I do. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, but I do think that there's a lot of good that comes out of unfortunate things um, because her son wouldn't be in our lives if that, you know, hadn't have happened, if the surrogacy didn't end the way it did. So I think that there's always, you know, light to the end of the darkness if you can just figure out how to see it. Right. I Yeah, for sure. And... The mural, was it the one that I saw you paint this week? The basketball, the basketball one? Yeah, oh he loves basketball. That is incredible. I am sure he loved it. Yeah, he's like a two-year-old Michael Jordan. Oh, so he's really going to grow <laughs> yeah. to like love that. Oh, that's amazing. Yep. You know, I think we'll just take, you know, every week we want to really dive into different things, different topics. We'd love for you guys to also let us know what you want us to talk about. We did create an email. It is the heart and home podcast at gmail.com. You can find it in our bio as well. And, you know, we'll be checking that if you have questions for us ever. We really want to just be here and be a sounding board. And we just more, th- more than anything else want you to know you're not alone mm-hmm. in this journey. Yeah, I think that we're uh, excited to be here and excited to have you here and just know that you're always welcome and that. You know, there is solidarity in everything that you have in the past felt alone in. And there's so much normal stuff to life that doesn't feel like it should impact us the way it does. You know, especially being a mom, I think we're going to talk a lot about being a mom (laughs) in the next few episodes and um, just how that that fits into our mental health. And so, yeah, I'm excited. 
Me too. I know I thought through a bunch of the topics that we can dive into, even as spouses, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, trying to overcome some of the challenges that we face every day. There's just, there's a lot. So, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Heart and Home Podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time with us. Please don't ever hesitate to reach out to the Heart and Home Podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back after the Thanksgiving holiday after we stuff ourselves with some turkey um, with another episode. We'll hope you join us then and have a great weekend.